Welcome back to The Word Encounter, and this is episode 196. We stopped in the book of Mark chapter 13 yesterday, so we'll pick things up in chapter 14. And uh, just to reiterate, you know, uh, in Matthew, a lot of the scriptures that appear in Mark have been gone over in Matthew, sometimes in more detail in Matthew, a few times in more detail here in the book of Mark. And so I'm not going to repeat those scriptures. I'm just going to reference them and uh, tell you where you can find more details in Matthew about them. So let's go on. The plot to kill Jesus, verse 1. And we see um, that this uh, chapter 14, verse 1, appears in Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 5. That's episode 190 in the Word Encounter. Refer back there if you want the details. And we see here that the... uh, the Pharisees have plotted or are plotting to kill Jesus, but they don't want to take him during the festival. They're celebrating the Passover festival. They don't want to do that because they're afraid that there might be a riot. Uh, the next section says the anointing at Bethany. We're in verse 3, and this is covered in Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 16, episode 190 in the Word Encounter. And uh, the key verses down here, let's go down to verse 6 through 8, verses 6 through 8. It says, Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has uh, done a noble thing for me. So what happened here was they were reclining and resting at a place. And a woman, apparently it was Mary Magdalene, uh, uh, she anointed Jesus with uh, perfumes and oils. And uh, the, t- the disciple says, well, that's expensive stuff. You know, don't do this. Let's, let's save it and, and sell it and get the money and give it to the poor. And Jesus is telling them to leave her alone because what she has done is a noble thing. And then he goes on to say, you always have the poor with you and you can do what is good for them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for burial. I wonder when he said that if anybody caught what he was saying here or did they just catch the rebuking and they didn't catch the reason why. Anyway, it goes on chapter 12 And it says preparation for Passover. This is covered in Matthew chapter 26, verses 17 17 through 19, uh, episode 190 in the Word word Encounter. Key verses here are 13 and 14. It says, so he sent two of his disciples and told him, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him whenever he, uh, wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house. The teacher says, where is my guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? And so uh, Jesus has sent uh, his disciples, a few of his disciples ahead to prepare the room for the last uh, supper to celebrate the Passover. And we see the supernatural at work here as Jesus is telling them what they're going to find. And they did find the innkeeper and they did. um, And he did provide the room for them to have their supper. Going in verse 17, it says betrayal at the Passover. Uh, We can find the details in Matthew 26 uh, verses 20 through 26, episode 190. Key verse here is in verse 18. And it says, while they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And so this is when uh, Jesus is revealing that he is going to be betrayed and that the one who is going to betray him is amongst the 12. He is, in fact, sitting here right now. And um, the, the disciples say, surely not I, surely not I, and, and whatnot. And uh, if anybody's paying attention, Judas kind of reveals himself. 
but I don't think that the disciples um, recognized who the betrayer was at that time. Going to verse 22, it says, the, uh, the first Lord's Supper, finding details in uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 30, episode 190. Key verses here are 23 and 24. It says, then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. He said to them, this is my, uh, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. And so here we find uh, the, the foundation of what we have come to know as communion. When we take communion, uh, the Lord says, here's the bread. This represents my body broken for you. And then he goes on to say, takes the wine and said, this is the blood of the covenant, you know, which is poured out for many. And, uh, and we acknowledge and, and uh, execute the communion to this day. In chapter 27, it says Peter's denial predicted. We can also find this in Matthew chapter 26, verses 31 through 35 in episode 190. And I've got the key verse here being um, verse 31. It says, but he kept insisting, if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And they all said the same. And so Jesus is telling them, uh, uh, yeah, telling the disciples what's going to happen to him. And uh, Peter is saying, you know, you're not going to essentially you're not going to do it alone. You know, I will die with you. You know, I will never deny you. Jesus has told Peter that he's going to deny him three times before the rooster crows. And Peter is saying, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. I'm never going to deny you. You know, I will die with you. And the other ones all said the same. And so these key verses that I'm pointing out, these are verses that I chose that kind of represents that section of Scripture, you know, and, and, and to remind me what that section is about so that I can explain to you what's going on here. Uh, verse 32, it says, the prayer in the garden, and we can also find this in Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. Again, episode 190, we covered this. Key, verse, uh, key verses are 36 and 38. And they say in verse 36, And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not I, uh, not what I will, but what you will. But what you will. And so uh, Jesus is, um, is uh, praying. He's, 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 he's uh, prostrate on the ground. He's face planted in the ground. And he's in anguish. Because he knows what's about to happen. He said, Lord, you know, take this from me, but not as I will, as your will, Father God. And so we can see that there's this internal struggle with Jesus going on, and he is going to do his part. He is going to be obedient to the cross, but he doesn't want to. <laughs> he doesn't want to because he, he has to know the pain and the anguish that is set before him. But in the end, he says, not my will, Lord. Verse 38, stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so after Jesus uh, goes through this period of anguish as he's crying out to the Lord about taking this cup of suffering from him, but not my will, your will, Lord, he comes back. He told the disciples, the three, Peter, James, and John, to stay awake and pray. He comes back and they're asleep, <laughs> you know, and then... And so he's trying to, um, he's admonishing them, but then trying to encourage them as well. Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. And so the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our spirits are very strong, extremely strong, but our flesh, our flesh can get the best of us. 
you know, our flesh can, we can allow our flesh to lead. We can allow our flesh to make decisions for us that prove to not be in our best interest. But at the time, they seem like a good idea. And so we go on, it says, Judas um, betrayal of Jesus in verse 43. Uh, we also covered this in Matthew chapter 26, verses 47 through 56 in episode 190. And I've got the key verse down here is verse 44, where it says his betrayer had given them a signal. Uh, the one I kiss, he said, he's the one. Arrest him and take him away underground. Now, remember, Judas had made a deal with the, uh, with the high priest in the Sanhedrin uh, that he would hand Jesus over to them. Apparently, they didn't know what Jesus looked like because Judas comes up with this scheme that the one I kiss, he's the one that's Jesus, I guess, to remove any doubt as to who Jesus was. And so they came as Jesus and his three disciples were uh, descending from the Mount of Olives, coming back, uh, Judas and a crew of, of priests and religious people, and I guess some of their soldiers, um, some of their minions, met them, and then Judas goes up and kisses Jesus on the, on the cheek, thus identifying him as Jesus to the rest of the crew. <clears throat> we go down to verse 53 says, Jesus faces the Sanhedrin. Uh, we cover this in Matthew chapter 26, verses 57 through 67, episode 190 uh, of the Word Encounter. I've got the key verses here as being 61 and 62, so let's go there. And it says, but he kept silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest questioned him, are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And so prior to this, they kept questioning Jesus. He didn't say anything. But then uh, we find uh, that he was asked by a high priest, you know, um, are you the blessed one? And Jesus says, I am. And then Jesus goes on further and he says, not only that, but you will see me coming in the clouds. And at this they lost. They lost it. You know, the Sanhedrin, the high priest, the people in attendance, they lost it. They tore their clothes and said, this is blasphemous. He's essentially equating himself to God and this, that, and the other. Do you need to hear anything else? Take him away. And so that was their charge against him. Uh, in verse 66, it says, Peter denies the Lord. This We covered this in Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 74. Episode 190, key verses are 70 to 72. And we see, but again, this is Peter, but again, he denied it. Somebody said, you're one of those Galileans. You're with that Jesus guy. But again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing there said to Peter again, you certainly are one of them since you are also a Galilean. Verse uh, 71. Then he started to curse and swear. This is Peter in response. Then he started to curse and swear. And he says, I don't know this man you're talking about. He, everything within him was starting to deny this immediately. A rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken uh, the word to him before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times, and he broke down and wept. And so we see that before the pressure came, Peter was, was saying and boasting things about what he would and would not do. But as soon as that pressure came, he caved. And we do this all the time. And so I'm not going to hate on Peter for this because this is something that we typically do. 
Going to chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Jesus faces Pilate. We also covered this in Matthew chapter 27, verses 1 and 2, and verses 11 through 14 in episode 191 of the Word Encounter. A key verse I've got here is verse 5, and it says, But Jesus still did not answer, and so Pilate was amazed. And so Pilate, he was standing before Pilate, and Pilate was questioning him, asked him a lot of questions, but Jesus said nothing in his defense. The accusations kept coming. He says, Pilate is saying, they're saying this about you. They're saying that about you. They're saying that. Jesus said nothing. He remained silent. And because of this, Pilate was amazed. Jesus or Barabbas. Barabbas was a murderer. And we covered this in uh, Matthew chapter 27, verses 15 through uh, 26 in episode 191. Uh, key verses are 13 and 14. Says again, they shouted, crucify him. Pilate said to them, why? What has he done wrong? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. And so uh, uh, Pilate and Jesus were standing before the people. And as was custom, uh, they would release one prisoner a year. And so Pilate suggests to the crowd or offers to the crowd, I can release Barabbas, who's a murderer. And the leader of what's called the, the Zealots were a sect that were um, a militaristic and in trying to, to get uh, freedoms and whatnot for the people. And uh, so he was in jail for murder. And so Pilate is saying, look, I can release Barabbas or I can release Jesus. What, what do you want me to do? And so they say Barabbas. He says, but what about Jesus? You know, and they say, crucify him, crucify him. I remember earlier they were shouting Hosanna as he's coming into Jerusalem, right? So now we have the crowd saying, crucify him. And then Pilate says, why? What has he done wrong? He hasn't done anything. But they shouted even more because they were whipped into a frenzy. Crucify him. Kill him. Crucify him. Mocked by the military, verse 16. And uh, we covered this also in Matthew chapter 27, verses 27 through 31 in episode 191. Uh, I've got 17 and 19 as key verses here. It says they dressed him in uh, a purple robe, twisted together a crown of thorns of, of thorns, and put it on his head. Then they were hitting on him. Then they were hitting him on the head with a stick and spitting on him, getting down on their knees. They were paying him homage. And so they were mocking Jesus as they spat on him. They hit him with sticks in the head. So he had to be a bloody mess and also a crown of thorns. The thorns were dug into his scalp and bleeding. and went. So they totally and completely mistreated Jesus. Now, these are the soldiers. See, these are the Roman soldiers. These are not the Jews. These are the Roman soldiers. But he was getting abused by both. See, he was getting verbally abused uh, by the Jews and physically abused when he stood before the Sanhedrin and they convicted him. And they beat him there. Then he comes to Pilate and then uh, they choose Barabbas instead of Jesus. And then for whatever reason, even though Pilate was wary of what's going on, he had he had Jesus flogged. He had him beat. You know, he didn't have to do that, but he did. <clears throat> Crucified between two criminals. We covered this in Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 through 44, episode 191. The key verse is verse 32. Let's drop down here to 32. It says, let the Messiah, the king of Israel, 
uh, come down now from the cross so that we may see and believe even those who were crucified with him taunted him. So even the two uh, prisoners, the, true, the two criminals that were with him, Jesus was between the two, they taunted him. Now, there's a different account in either Luke or John, I can't remember, about what happened, is that one taunted him, but the other one didn't. But anyway, this is what, um, this is what the deal was then. And so uh, we see that he's crucified, and as he's crucified, people are shouting things at him. You know, they're disrespecting him, and uh, it was horrible. The death of Jesus in verse 33 Matthew, we covered this in Matthew uh, chapter 27, verse 45 through 56, episode 191. Key verses here are verses 37 through 39. And it says, Jesus let out a loud cry and breathed his last. Then the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who was standing opposite him saw the way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. And as we went over, uh, before in episode 191, uh, the symbolism behind uh, the curtain being, rit, uh, being ripped from top to bottom. And so what that meant was now, uh, now uh, because previously only once a year, the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, which was in the temple, to approach God in order to atone for the sins of the people. And so they tied a rope around his ankle when he went in there uh, because if he would be <laughs> happen to be struck down by God, they could get him out without anybody else having to go into the Holy of Holies. And so, uh, and that was the system. Only the high priest one time a year. When, the cur- when Jesus died and the curtain was rent from top to bottom, it opened up the Holy of Holies to everybody who would come through Jesus to approach God. And so no longer did you have to have a, uh, um, an emissary you know, between you and God. You could approach God directly by going through Jesus. The burial of Jesus, chapter 42. Uh, We covered this in Matthew 27, verses 57 through 61, episode 191. I've got the key verses being verse 46, where it says, after he bought some uh, linen, after he bought some linen cloth, Joseph took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Now, Joseph was a Pharisee. He was a part of the Sanhedrin, but he was a follower of Jesus. You know, so there were secret followers of Jesus. (laughs) Then he laid him in the tomb, uh, cut out of the rock, and rolled a stone against the entrance to the tomb. And so Jesus' burial was, uh, was critical because when he was arisen, the stone that covered the tomb was rolled away. And so it was Joseph who put the stone in place. And we go on to the last chapter, chapter 16 of Mark, and it says resurrection morning. In verse 1, we covered this in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 8, episode 191. There are details in Matthew that don't appear here, and there are details in Mark that don't appear in Matthew, (laughs) okay, as far as the whole time period of the resurrection. So we're going to just go through uh, chapter 16 here, verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and, uh, of James and uh, Salome, brought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Now, remember, when people would die, they'd wrap them in linen, but it's the same way today. As the body starts to decompose, this odor and aroma comes from the body. 
You know, it happens to everybody if you're not embalmed. That's that's the way it works. And so people would bring spices and whatnot in order to cover up or try to mask the odor. And so this is what they were doing. Verse 3, they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. In verse 5, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white, in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Now, in Matthew, it says they saw this angel. It says, if you remember, it says the heavens were ripped open and this angel descended, you know, came down, descended, came down. And the soldiers who were guarding the tomb were like paralyzed with fear. And it says when they saw this angel, he was sitting on the stone. Here it says that he was in the tomb on the right side. You know, so it's a different accounting. It says, don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, uh, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. So he shows them the table or the stone or whatever where he was. His clothes are there. The, the linen clothes, but Jesus is not there. He's gone. And so this is where people say, well, the disciples came and they st stole Jesus away so that they could say that he had risen. So this is what they believe in order to deny that Christ rose from the dead. Verse seven, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is um, going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. So the women left and they went out and they were excited, but they were also terrified. Now, this is the end of Matthew in some accounts. The thought is that the verses 9 through 16, or 9 through the end, were added later on. I think it's 16. I don't know. Or were added later on. I don't know. But here we go. Verses 9. Or verse 9. Early on the first day of the week, after he had risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. Now, there is no accounting for this anywhere that I can find in the word with regard to Jesus driving out demons from Mary Magdalene. But apparently uh, she was devoted to him because of this. And just as he had, you know, uh, uh, driven out demons from others and they followed him, just like he had uh, 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 made the, 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 the blind see and they followed him, the deaf hear and they followed him. And so this is the same sort of thing. In verse 10, it says, she went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping. Yet when they heard the disciples, so she went back to the disciples and told them what she saw. Yet when they heard uh, that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe it. So they didn't believe her. I don't know if I was one of the disciples, if I would have believed her either, quite honestly. And in verse 12, it says, after this, he appeared in a different form to two of them walking on their way uh, into the country. So Jesus appeared to two of them. This is going to go into more detail in Luke or John, one of them, <laughs> with regard to the two of them walking, and they didn't recognize who he was. Here it says he appeared to them in a different form. Hmm. Verse 13, and they went and reported it to the rest who did not believe them either. So Mary Magdalene told them she saw Jesus alive. And they're telling them, hey, Jesus is alive. They still don't believe him. And it says the Great Commission. And it says later he appeared. Okay, the Great Commission. So there's a lot here in the accounting of the Great Commission that is not in Matthew. 
Okay. It says later he appeared uh, to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table. Remember, they're saying they don't believe it. So now Jesus is appearing before them. He rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who saw him after he had risen. Then he said to them, so, so he rebukes them and then he gives them the commission. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. This is what's not in Matthew. He says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. See, we see this additional uh, condition here. It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. So Paul says in, in, in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with your heart or mind, and if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Here Jesus himself is telling his disciples that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Then in verse 17, he says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Now, here's a key one. Or a challenging one, I should say. They will pick up snakes. If they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get, get well. And so it says they will pick up snakes. Does that mean real snakes or does that mean things that people consider to be dangerous. They will take those things on. I don't know. Maybe it means both. It says, if they should drink anything deadly, you know, this implies poison. Cause like, so you have the snake handlers typically down South in the United States, uh, where, uh, the churches, they dance with snakes and whatnot. And this is that practice is coming directly from the scripture and that even if they get bit, they believe that they won't die because even with the poisonous snake, it says here that if you drink anything deadly, nothing will happen to you. So this is their faith. Now, is this foolish? I don't know. <laughs> the word says thou should not test the Lord thy God. So I, I don't know. And it says if they should drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will get well. So sometimes we lay our hands on the sick out of, in faith and they don't get well. Does that mean that we are lacking in power? Does that mean that they are lacking in faith? Both? Neither? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But this is what the word says. And also what's not in Matthew is the ascension. And so <clears throat> we have here, so the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Now, this is, Matthew, uh, this is Mark's accounting. My question is, how can Mark know that Jesus sat at the right hand of God? He can see Jesus' ascend, right? So Jesus is on earth. He's, he witnesses that, and he sees him ascend into heaven. So you can watch that. But when he gets into the heavens, how does he know that Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father? Can he, can, could he actually see that? From his position on earth, was that something that was visible? Possibly. I don't know. Did he see it in faith? Is this is what he believed happen, happened because this is what Jesus said would happen? I don't know. Did he see this in a vision? We know that John had visions. We know that pro the Old Testament prophets had visions. Did he see this in a vision? I don't know. But it's written here that he sat down at the right hand of God after he ascended to heaven. And they went out and preached everywhere, they being the disciples, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the accompanying signs. 
And so Jesus is at the right hand of the Father God in heaven, and the disciples on earth went out. And what the word is saying here is that as the disciples went out, Jesus, from his position in heaven, was working with them. There's no reason to believe that he stopped working with his church, which implies to me that he works with us when we are working with him, when we are doing his works We are not doing them alone. We are doing them with him. That is my faith. And I believe that that is a source of power that we sometimes give lip service to, but don't really, really take it to heart that as we're doing the work of the Lord, he is working with us, which means that whatever the outcome is, we cannot fail. And with that, we are done for today. And Jesus died a terrible death. He was beaten twice, once by the Jews, the other by the Roman soldiers before he was crucified. That crucifixion was a very painful crucifixion, not only physically, but he was also mocked and spat on by people as they walked by. All that was done for us so that we might choose him. We might recognize him for who he is. And if we do, the word says that we will be saved. We're going to see you tomorrow in the next episode of The Word Encounter, should the Lord not come between now and then. Everybody take place. Take place. Everybody stay safe, be blessed, and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Bye-bye.